This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Let's hit up the hotline. Welcome in another great mind. That is Jacob Under, who's joining us now here on the Blitz from the Oklahoma. Jacob, what's going on, man? How are you? I am good. Just uh, actually just working on moving kids. You know, we got the second baby coming in uh, less than a month and working on moving bedrooms around and stuff for the kids and, you know, staff, you know, watching the Rangers game as I'm doing it. So that's kind of my afternoon right now. Full on dad mode then is, uh, is what you're in right now. So uh, how, how are the preparations as you're inching close and congratulations by the way, but where in, in terms of like where you're at now and put yourself back almost same time frame from when the first kid came along and where are you at mentally now? <laughs> uh, mentally I'm fine. You know, I mean, I think, I think we can do this, you know, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, it's the, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of unknown, obviously, you know, with the second kid and um, just as far as is this kid going to, you know, uh, be, uh, what's this kid going to be like? It's kind of the big unknown for us. And we're, uh, we're getting ready, I guess, you know, and, but do you and, feel you know, more comfortable as a parent now that you've had like yeah. one? Okay. All right. So you're prepared yeah. that way, right? I I think so. I mean, you know, I, this could be totally different and blow up my worldview of being a parent. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm prepared for anything that happens at this point, I guess. Okay. All right. Well, again, congratulations, man. I think that's awesome. And two, you mentioned you were watching the Rangers game. Um, what were your thoughts on the City Connect jerseys, which was uh, – I didn't see very many people that thought that they were just absolute home runs, but I did see more negative on these City Connect jerseys for um, the Rangers. I actually like them. Um, at first, I was a little kind of meh about it, and then – They grew on you, didn't they? I, <laughs> they grew on me, but also when I got to know the story behind all everything on it, Yeah, it really – kind of won me over with that so yeah um you know that makes them better i'm not i will still say i'm not a fan of pants as much mm-hmm. um but you know that that's just a minor gripe i guess um you know but then when they lost that first game in them and blew the lead to oakland and lost i thought yeah they could burn these jerseys and then uh <laughs> yeah it was like oakland they'd won three games all year and then you know, and then, but then they won the next night in them. Uh, Adolis Garcia went nuts and I'm uh, back on board with them. So as long as they win in them, I don't care. And it's got to be nice to actually have a team that uh, you can still continue to watch at this point in the season and not absolutely turn well, it off. They, it's, apparently until they go to Cincinnati. Well, so. that's correct. Yes, that's that's one that's a little odd for sure. <laughs> I find the, the Reds, Reds highly annoying this week. Um <laughs> Like these little gnats that won't go away. So that is that's how most people view the Reds. As a matter of fact, all right, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk Oklahoma State. You know, it's weird because with the lack of a spring game, like you come out of the weekend where there's so much news from other spring games happening, and you know at, that's another point where it hits you, and it's like, oh yeah, that's right. There's not like a whole lot of like earth-shattering like reactions to any type of scrimmage or anything else that went on at Oklahoma State, but I'll just ask you general opinion from what you know and from the people that you talk to, did Oklahoma State accomplish everything that they wanted to in the spring just in terms of getting people up to speed with introducing a new defensive coordinator? How did it go from the from those that you talked to? It sounds good. Uh, everyone's upbeat. Um, they like what Brian Nardo's brought. Um, 
They like the personnel they have. They feel good about the offensive line. Uh, they feel good about the way the offense is going, the direction they're going with the new blocking schemes and want to run the ball more. Um, you know, it, it's it's hard. <laughs> I guess it's hard not to be positive when you're in a spring football, right? I of mean, course. You don't you don't get a lot of coaches saying, ah, oh, we stink right now in spring football, you know? like. Um, but they're healthy. Um, they came out, re- you know, mostly healthy in that. They lost one more guy, the portal in KBTN, but immediately replaced him uh, with the JUCO guys coming in. And um, they feel good where they're at. They like the depth. They like, you know, I think they were impressed with Alan Bowman throughout the spring. Um, I think, you know, I never heard anything bad about him. And so I think that there's just a lot of positive that I just wish that we could have actually seen them play so I could say something about that otherwise. Well, that's the that's the thing about them not having the game is you you don't actually get to see it. You have to actually rely on what the coaches are trying to tell you, which falls into your point of no one's ever going to say anything over the top negative unless you're Deion Sanders about some of the guys. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you this this spring more than ever, you have to kind of take their word for it and how good that they've actually been. Yeah, and I don't know that operator program the way Dion's operating it right now. Especially, you know, that seems a little. <laughs> it's I different. Don't I don't know if that's going to be long term. I don't know if that's going to be a long term way to approach running a Power Five college football program. Um, you know, it seems even more harsh than the NFL. I mean, but anyways, um, yeah. I mean, you get to see. <laughs> we got to see what 15 minutes of practice each Monday, and. A lot of that was just uh, stretching and drill work. Like, it wasn't anything that made you say, hey, I can really figure out a lot of stuff. But you get, you know, you got an idea on some guys. You got to see some guys in pads. Um, you know, Justin Kirkland still remains one of the most impressive people in pads when you see what he was doing and uh, things like that. But, I mean, other than that, like I said, it's just – it's a weird spring. I don't know what to think about it because – you know, last year, too, we only kind of practiced, basically, for spring. That's right. Glorified practice. So, it's, you know, like, I've kind of, in a way, come to expect this a little bit, too. Like, it is what it is. And, um, we'll learn more in the fall once we get to fall camp. Yeah, and I think uh, the other thing that kind of stood out to me was is that – um, just in terms of like numbers that they've got from the receiver position, and still that's a, still a long way to work itself out. But numbers wise, with them, some corners, some safeties. I mean, there's some quality numbers and depth in a lot of those positions uh, that I think are going to be beneficial to them moving forward. Yeah, you know, I'm like like I mentioned the offensive line. You know, Gundy said there's what he's initially said eight to ten deep and six to eight the next week, um, which they haven't had that in a while. They, they've been so beat up and. The receivers, I think people seem to forget that, like, yeah, they lost a bunch of those guys, but they replaced them with some talented guys, and they had a bunch of talented guys coming back still. That room was so deep. Um, you know, Jaden Bray didn't really play last year, and he's probably the top guy. Brandon Presley's back. Um, Rashad Owens is moving back to receiver. Blaine Green's moving back to, to receiver. Like, you've got all these guys – that have been there with the experience that are coming back, and then you mix in some of these other guys that they're really high on. Um, you look at safety, like you mentioned, Kendall Daniels going that rover, but Trey Rucker didn't play till the bowl game, was great there. Lyric Rawls has got some action late, um, brought in other guys for that. Like, you, you like where you're at. You know, linebackers look good, too, uh, depth-wise. Um, I think this defense might fit Xavier Benson better um, to let him play a little bit better this season. Um, you know, I just think there's depth there that last year 
got hit really hard, but benefited some of these guys that are coming back. Uh, the other thing, too, I know you had mentioned Bowman a few moments ago. They're not going to tip their hand to anything that's happening from a quarterback race. You know this from from covering them for so many years. And um, I, this is still going to be a topic of conversation r- r- likely through most of the fall, I, I would feel like. But, I mean, if you had to put one in the leader category, to me it would at least be Bowman because of the amount of experience that he has coming uh, into the program. Yeah, no, I think I think the idea was, there's going to be a battle. You're going to, you know, give Rangel chances as Zane Flores wows you and fantastic. But the idea was to bring Bowman into play um, and to be be the guy. And the, everything you hear about him is he can make all the throws. He's so poised. I mean, he's he's older than Spencer Sanders, right? So, yep. <laughs> you know, like he's been around. Um, he's been in some good systems. Uh, he's learned from some good people. So, you know, they really like what he brings experience-wise. He can make all the throws. He's got a really good arm. Um, he's a little, they, they said he's been – they're surprised at how elusive he actually is. He's not going to run the ball like Spencer. Um, but I don't think he's just a statue back there like uh, Shane Lindworth was. You know, I, I, I'm not picking on him, but he's the most recent guy that every time they brought him in was just – he couldn't run. And I don't think – I think you're going to get somewhere in between, obviously, with Bowman with that. But I think it's his job to – to lose in a lot of ways in my mind because you want to bridge that gap. It gives Rangel more time to develop, gives Flores more time to develop, and then you go into next spring, you have another quarterback battle again, but as young guys in the winter can get the job for a few years and they're going to be there. And I think that's, I think this is the perfect bridge for OSU when you lose a guy like Spencer Sanders. Do you think, Jacob, that this will be one of those years, maybe not from like actually covering the team or any anyone that's affiliated with the football program itself, but from just general overview fans uh, along the lines, will this year be a similar year like Sooner fans had where they're kind of looking over their shoulder at what was happening with Lincoln and also Caleb Williams with what's going on with Spencer Sanders and Oxford? Um, I don't think so to that point. Um because I don't think Spencer really left on as bad of terms. Right. Um, you know, I think there's a little bit of thanks for your service kind of move on, you know, because I think uh-huh. of, I mean, it's, it's a different sport, but Isaac likely was similar last year for OSU. You know, he'd been there for four years and, and transferred to Ohio State for his grad year. And you didn't – no one really ever mentioned Isaac likely afterwards. And so I think it's going to be a lot of that. It's different because it's a quarterback. It's a four-year starter at quarterback that left um it sounds like he's not exactly in favor of winning the job right now at Ole Miss so it's not going to look great but and there'll be questions early um especially quarterback play but I don't think it's going to be like the Caleb Williams Lincoln Riley thing because there's not that hatred there um there's always been a select part of the fan base that doesn't really pull for Spencer Sanders necessarily um and they're going to be vocal maybe but it's, it's a really small part of the fan base all right, away from football for just a few moments. It's uh, been an interesting time, the fluid situation that is OSU basketball on the on the men's side. Uh, but got a big commit the other day, uh, the uh, young man, the small kid from East Carolina. That was big for them to kind of fill that hole they had there at point guard. Yeah, um, you know, he's, you know, Mike talked about uh, right after the, the season ended that, they need to go get a playmaker. They need to get a guy that can create for himself, create for others. 
They got it with Small. They got it with Javon Small because he's a guy that he played 18 games last year, had an injury at the end of the year, um, nothing major from what you understand. I think just ended the season, and he had 100 assists in 18 games. Last year's team leader for OSU was Bryce Thompson, who had 95 in <laughs> nearly double amount of games. I say I don't know the exact total. Like it's, um, this guy can distribute the ball and he can score. He averaged 15 points a game at East Carolina. Now, I know it's not the Big 12, but that guy. This is the kind of guy they need to go because then you get him, Joe Michael Wright's back, who could distribute a little bit himself. We've also shown he can score. Um, Bryce Thompson, you know, I think they're still expecting him back, even though he hasn't said anything publicly. You've got three guards right there that you feel like you could trust. And now you go build around and find some shooters. you got to get some big men because Musa and Tyreek and Caleb are all gone. Um, you don't want to put it all on Brandon Garrison. Um, but this is, this is the first major piece, I think, to Mike Boynton's recruiting mission through the portal. Jacob, good stuff, man. I appreciate you. Uh, best of luck upcoming in the next month or so as you welcome in child number two. Uh, thank you I again so much, it. man, for joining us here in Tulsa. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks. That's Jacob Unruh joining us here from the Oklahoman covering Oklahoma State. All right, it's 218. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. Forget the Tulsa Oilers football team is back at home on Saturday, Matt. 6.30 pregame right here on the Blitz 1170 as soon as baseball wraps up between Oklahoma State and the Michigan Wolverines. So 6.30 starts. Arizona Rattlers are in town. And if you're at the game, keep an eye out for the Blitz upgrade. An opportunity to take care of you. One lucky group of fans will be upgraded from the cheap seats to our Blitz VIP seats. Blitz upgrade taking care of football fans all season long. You can buy your tickets now at TulsaOilersFootball.com. And you could find yourself upgraded from the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.